Welcome back to another episode of RICF, Levisor University, where we are currently exploring everything you ever wanted to know about RIA law and compliance, but were afraid to ask. My name is Jeff Smith, and I'm the founder and managing attorney for Levisory and the CEO of RIA Compliance Firm. Levisory and RIA Compliance Firm primarily focus on the legal and compliance needs of both state and SEC registered investment advisors. Uh, therefore, if you have any questions about any of this material that I'm covering in these episodes or want RIA Compliance Firm to conduct an initial free compliance assessment for your RIA, then please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can reach me at jsmith at lawadvisory.com or 248-376-1480. So today we're actually looking at SEC Rule 2064-3 which relates to solicitation arrangements. An important objective of most RIAs is to maximize assets under management, otherwise known as AUM, since this usually determines the total fees paid to the RIA. This AUM is often increased through new clients bringing their assets to the RIA in response to solicitation activities on the part of either the RIA itself or the assistance of independent solicitors, which is what we're gonna talk about. It is important that SEC RIAs understand and properly apply Rule 20643 if they choose to use solicitors to raise their AUM. So to better understand this rule, let's first look at how the SEC defines the term solicitor. This term means any person who directly or indirectly solicits any client for or refers any client to an investment advisor. Next, the SEC also clarifies in its rule that when it refers or references the term client as part of the CAS solicitation rule, it also includes a prospective client. So be sure you understand that. So under rule 2064-3 of the Advisors Act, it is unlawful for any SEC registered investment advisor to pay a cash fee, directly or indirectly, to a solicitor with respect to solicitation activities unless a few important conditions are met. So we're gonna talk about those conditions. First, the solicitor cannot be a person subject to an SEC order issued under Section 203F, little f, of the Act or convicted within the previous 10 years of any felony or misdemeanor involving any investment-related conduct. Further, a solicitor cannot be anyone who has been found by the Commission, by the SEC, to have engaged or has been convicted of engaging in any of the conduct specified in Section 203, little e, of the Act or is subject to an order, judgment, or decree described in section 203, little e, four of the act. So you're gonna to wanna to check the background of any solicitors carefully and make sure that they aren't subject to any of these, these rules um, and, and that you, know, you can move forward in a solicitation agreement uh, without actually um, violating any of the SEC rules. So second requirement is the cash fee must be paid pursuant to a written agreement that meets certain conditions. This agreement must include the solicitation activities to be engaged in by the solicitor on behalf of the investment advisor and the compensation to be received by the solicitor. The agreement must also contain an undertaking by the solicitor to perform his or her duties under the agreement in a manner consistent with the instructions of the investment advisor and the provisions of the Advisors Act and the rules thereunder. Also, the agreement must require that the solicitor at the time of any solicitation activities for which compensation is being paid to the solicitor, provide the client with a current copy 
of an investment advisor's written ADV Part 2A, which is known as the brochure, and a separate written disclosure document that conforms to the following specific requirements. So we're going to walk through these as it relates to the disclosure. So the separate written disclosure document required to be furnished by the solicitor to the client pursuant to Rule 2064-3 must contain the name of the solicitor, the name of the investment advisor, the nature of the relationship, including any affiliation between the solicitor and the investment advisor, a statement that the solicitor will be compensated for his or her solicitation services by the investment advisor, the terms of such compensation arrangement, including a description of the compensation paid or to be paid to the solicitor, and the amount, if any, for the cost of obtaining his account the client will be charged in addition to the advisory fee and the differential, if any, among clients with respect to the amount or level of advisory fees charged by the investment advisor if such differential is attributable to the existence of any arrangement pursuant to which the investment advisor has agreed to compensate the solicitor for soliciting um, clients for or referring clients to the investment advisor. So let's talk about that. Let's pause for a second. What that's really getting to is if the client is going to have to pay more for the services being rendered by the RIA as a result of the solicitor soliciting the business from the client, all of those details have to be disclosed as part of the disclosure document. That's what that gets, to, gets into. And you have to really get into actually describing what that differential is as far as how much more the client is actually paying um, as a result of that solicitation or solicitor arrangement, okay? So the additional requirements that have to be met for a solicitation payment to a solicitor to be lawful under the rule are that the investment advisor receives from the client prior to or at the time of entering into any written or oral investment advisory contract with such client, a signed and dated acknowledgement of receipt of the investment advisor's written disclosure statement, which is the RIA's firm brochure or ADV part 2A, and the solicitor's written disclosure document. So that acknowledgement is very important. So hopefully this has uh, helped to clarify the solicitation rule a bit for you. And since this brings us to the end of our discussion around rule 2064-3, the cash solicitation rule, if you have any questions about any of this material or want RIA compliance firm to conduct an initial free compliance assessment for your RIA, then please don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at jsmith at lawadvisory.com or 248-376-1480. Please note that all engagements are usually conducted in conjunction with Law Advisory to have the attorney-client privilege and confidentiality apply to client communications. This allows our clients to be honest and open with us about um, you know, what they're dealing with and uh, to avoid such communications ending up in the hands of the regulators, if at all possible. Uh, be sure to view our next episodes since you won't want to miss our, our detailed discussion of the other rules adopted by the ICC under Section 206 since these make up a large amount of an RIA's compliance program and its policies and procedures. So goodbye for now and thank you so much for watching.